Hey, you guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. I know I had wanted to start a podcast for years and I just didn't know how to get started. Anchor made it so simple by giving me all the tools to record, edit, and even distribute my podcast across listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When he says in the Bible that he's with you at your darkest moments, he means it. He is 100% there with you, walking you right through whatever you're going through. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Michaela, and today I have on none other than my very own mom. So I thought this would be a great sequel to posting my testimony last week for you to see a little bit of where I came from and just to hear her stories and her radical experiences with Jesus while she was in prison and the message that she has for people who are still struggling with addiction and just feeling like they're at the lowest point in their lives. So if that interests you, be sure to stay tuned. Just for the viewers to know, we tried to film this podcast a couple years ago when I first became a believer and realized that you knew what you were talking about all these years, even though I, I didn't know that. Um, and then the audio corrupted and we never got to have that file. So we're going to try again. I know. I was, uh, it was awful last time. I mean, here we thought we were, we thought we had it, but we didn't. That stupid devil. <laughs> Let's just jump right to it. I want to know this story because I, I love this story. I remember okay. this story, but I'm excited for you to tell yes. it. The story of how okay. you first came to know that Jesus was real. I've always had like this knowing, I think, even since, I mean, just as long as I can remember, I just remember my grandma taking us to church when we were growing up and we would all pile in and go to Huntington, Indiana and go to this little church. And she was a faithful every Sunday we were going. And I just always, I feel like even just, even since back then, I've just felt like I've known that mm -hmm. he was real, but then it got. I mean, it was absolutely 100% positive for me when I was able to have my experiences and encounters that I did while I was in prison. Mm. Um, the last time I was in prison. Yeah. Was that the first time you were in prison or that was the last time you were in prison? That was uh, the last. No, it was like the time before. It wasn't the first time. It wasn't the first time. The first time I was in like a like a work camp place. So it would have been the last uh, the last time I went the time before the last time. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> the time before. Yeah, I know that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, I mean, it's your story, you know. Yeah. And God is still working out your story. So I'm Yes, he is. There is a hopeful end to it. But so I didn't really think about how you like grew up in a family where, you know, you went to church and all these things. 
but you just, do you think that you fell away because you didn't have, um, like that personal relationship built yet with Jesus? Like, do you feel like that relationship finally began to be built when you were in prison? Like it was more so religion before that? Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, it didn't, yeah, that's, you're, you're spot on. You're exactly right. I, I think the last, when I was in prison and, you know, he used me in the way he did, that, that's when I knew 100%. That's when my personal relationship really got stronger. What started the whole, the whole experience for me was when my neighbor girl, she lived next door to me. She was 19 years old. Her name was Prinsola. She, um, was 22 days away from going home and she was only 19 and she hung herself and killed herself in the shower. Um, this would have been in September of 2018. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had gotten, we had all been in solitary confinement, like 90 days at this point, I had gotten a six month, um, reprimand for, you know, um, some write-ups that I had. And this was three months into this solitary confinement stay of mine which I don't know if your, your listeners know, like the solitary confinement is you're in a room by yourself, 100% by yourself, 23 out of 24 hours a day, sometimes 24 hours a day, because they can't get you out, you know, for that hour. But, you know, um, you get close to the people that are around you and that you can talk to like through the ventilation systems. And okay. I got really close with this girl. I did. I got close with her. She was the only person I had to talk to. Like, we could talk in the van and she was young. She was absolutely, she was your age when all the security, you guys were the exact same age. So she would have been your age right now. And I just kind of took her under my wing and not like that I set out to do that. She just clung to me like all the time, like loved saying my name, you know, she just really liked me for some reason, would always ask me questions. And I kind of felt like I was like, um, you know, kind of like a mother figure for her while I was in there because she had went to court and they had told her um, that she could go home on like um, house arrest or she, as long as she went to like a halfway house. Mm -hmm. Well, her grant, she called home. She was all excited. She called home and I want to shorten the story a little bit because I don't, you know, I don't want to drag it out, but you know, she was upset because her grandma didn't want her to come home because she didn't, you know, she didn't know if she could trust her yet. She was in there for stealing from her grandma uh, checks and things like that. And so she got an event one day and she said, Michelle, what's a halfway house? And I explained to her exactly what it was. And I told her she would be okay. And I said, you know, you're still going to be out of prison. You're going to be out. Yeah. I said, the only difference is you're going to be like, it's kind of going to be like a restricted housing, kind of like we are now, like you're going to have you know, a curfew, but you'll be able to get a job. And I explained that all to her and she seemed okay. Well, about a week later, um, it was on a Sunday. I'll never forget. Like it was real. It was real. Like, the prison was calm. I was uh, in my yoga routine that I did every day faithfully for two hours a day. And so this would have been, I started yoga usually around two and um, I ended it at four when dinner came and like in the middle of my session, there was just all this chaos. And I kept hearing, like, I kept hearing my name being yelled and I got in the, the window to see what was going on. And the only other type of uh, communication I had with the other inmates that was in there, we used sign language. 
And um, that's how we communicated with each other across the way. Like you're across the way, neighbors, <laughs> neighbor okay. people. And they were, they told me that she had hung herself. And um, she always, I remember her, her always having a really beautiful voice. Like she would sing us to sleep at night. Like, and when nighttime would come, it would be real quiet. And with it being like a, a long hallway, there was an echo and she would sing and she just had this most beautiful voice. And like, usually the guards would be like, shut up, you know, who, you know, but she, they never told her she sounded oh. like one. She's almost sounded like an angel. That's how, that's how beautiful her voice was. And she loved to sing Christian music. Like her favorite song was take me to the King. She loved singing that one. And I just remember her always singing that song. Well, um, she didn't make it and she died. And like I said, she had used, she had used the shower um, of that solitary confinement block to do it. And this would have been September in the middle of September of 2018. I didn't get out of prison until the end of December, but I didn't get out of lock the solitary confinement until like December 18th. I remember I still had three more months to go. I was halfway into it. And for some reason, after her death, I just started just praying to God, like out of nowhere. And I would pray, but I never got that deep into it. Like I was really affected by her death. Um, they didn't do anything. They didn't let us, they didn't even give us any type of like therapy, like nobody to talk to. We had to deal with it by ourselves and it was hard and it really affected me. And the only thing, you know, with me not having any contact with anybody from home that much it was the, my Bible and praying was the only thing that would give me that peace and I started praying and I was asking God and I just started thinking of the things that maybe she was thinking about when she did it all she wanted was her mom and okay. she was 19 years old and yeah and I swear that's when things really took a turn for you know the way the things that happened um it was right then and there when I started asking God for a second chance and praying, you know, and telling him, I'm sorry that I was bad mom. And, you know, all these things I was just going through it. And he was my only like voice of hope, I think at the time. And so that's when things started. Yeah. And they, and they, and they didn't go away. I like it, ha it, it kept going for like the whole t rest of the time I was in lock. So, so I remember you telling me the first time um, mm -hmm. about this story how one of those songs that she was always singing I think you yes. said it was Bone Thugs yes. and Harmony it was and it was Crossroads like, yeah Crossroads yes. and they were taking her out on the stretcher and yep. that, song. Her out, that song yep came, came on the radio and she that was one of the songs that she liked to sing at night take me to the or uh gotta get to heaven 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 she just would she loved to say that part it was like a little chorus part I don't know if you know the song very well I had my little Walkman radio in my room and I had like one in and one out. And that's the song that came on the radio, like and right at that moment. And it just sent chills down my spine. Like I just knew that was like, God, <laughs> I knew it was. You also told me like when you were in solitary confinement, how you would be, I don't know if this is when it started. Then, then you said the way you were coping with this is you started reading the Bible. Yes. And you told me before how, when you'd be reading the Bible, you would see this light go across the page. Oh, that's and just one of the things. So I really just poured myself into the Bible. I mean, I was on fire for God. And that's, I like, I was, I understood at that moment, like what 
being hungry for the word and thirsty for the water of, you know, for the, you know, the water of life or whatever. And that's, that's exactly, I couldn't get enough. I just stayed every guard that would go by that would look in there. They'd be like, you just stay in that book, don't you? And I'm like, yep, that's I did. And I did that's, I didn't read even hardly any books like regular books. I stayed in my Bible. Well, as I'm like, you know, starting to understand that the way that I was feeling in certain things um, that was happening, like with the orb of light that would be on my wall. And I'll get to that next. But there was like this little, when I started reading my Bible, when it started getting like darker, like in the evening time, I would always put my mat on the floor because it was warmer. You got to mind you, it was starting to get a little cold in there. It was um, coming into winter and I would lay on the floor and I would pray at night and I started noticing like this ball of light, like that would like bounce, like from the corner of the wall, you know, all the way out until my prayer was finished. Well, the same thing started happening in my Bible. Mm -hmm. I started reading the Bible and when I would open it up, there was like this, I can only explain it like a little green neon swirl is what it looked like. And it was like, it stayed in the middle of my book. And I just remember even in like, I would think, oh my gosh, I'm just imagining this. I would try to like, the devil would like try to like convince me that it was oh, you're just imagining things. And so in the middle of the night, sometimes I would get up and just open my Bible to see if it was still there. And it would be, it never left. That ball of light was just like swirling Mm -hmm. in the middle, in the middle. And it was like, as I would read the Bible, the words started like lifting, like, like certain like verses and certain scriptures would like lift from the page to where like, I would know what to read. It was just yeah, you know, and and in the beginning, I still thought my mind was playing tricks on me. Like, uh-huh. is this real? Like, I just it took a little, you know, while into this before I really started believing that it was it was real. That God was God was there. He was in that room with me. You know, I remember you telling me like you would close your Bible to see if it was yeah. still there, and you would still see it. it. I remember I did. You telling me about the angel feet that you saw oh. in your window. Yeah. Um, and then one night it was raining. It had been raining and mind you law in a prison, there's barbed wire and like fencing like you're not getting in. There's nobody getting in like around the door, like the solitary confinement area I was at there. There's no way that anybody could have got back there and walked around. And so one night it had been raining and it was like, I had in the, in the solitary confinement windows, they would always uh, snow them out to where we couldn't see very well outside. But I had like, where people had picked the, you know, the snow off here and there. Like I had like these little splotches of areas where I could see. Well, I had picked off enough. I had been in there so long. I picked off enough. I had a good little area going on where I could see outside. And, you know, I like to be able to lay on my mat when I did yoga during the day and see the sun, you know? And so I, you know, when, like I said, one, one evening I got to look in and there, there were, I thought like there were hand, I saw the handprints first, but right under, I started looking down under the handprints. There were two sets of handprints. There was also feet prints. So who like that was like my, I guess, confirmation because yeah, the handprints could be easily explained away, but the feet prints, bare feet prints, I thought bare feet. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I started reading like the Bible and everything I looked up, like 
it was like basically telling me that that was God sending an angel, like a messenger of the Lord. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know he spoke to you in dreams too. You talked a lot about dreams. Yeah. Like I didn't even have to be sleeping at night. I would like just be laying there in corpse pose sometimes after yoga. And I would just have a vision Mm. and it was starting to get like, they would be so vivid that I could remember every single detail down to a pimple on my face, you know, normal dreams that people have, like, you're going to forget like parts of it when it's a vision of God and from God. And from what I know, like in the book of Job, like that's what he told, it says it a couple times in there that um, God speaks to people in dreams and that's how he communicates with people like even now. And so if he did it back then, I 100% believe he still does it today. Oh yeah. I started writing down all my dreams and I wanted to share whenever um, we get to that point, there was one that just was my favorite that like still to this day, like I can go through and remember every little thing about it because it was the vision that God gave me a clean slate. I can't exactly remember if it was the nighttime vision or a daytime, but I just know that um, I had a vision and I was in this bathroom and there was like a mirror, like a, a, you know, like a good bathroom sized mirror on the wall. And there was vanity lights all around it, you know, like, like in a bathroom. Um, and there was a sink and the water was already running in my vision. I know that Jesus is walking behind me. I never saw his face, nor did I ever see him like, but in my vision and in my being, I just knew that he was leading me. Mm -hmm. I knew he was behind me. I didn't even try to turn around. I didn't have to. I knew he was there and he was leading me and telling me in this unspoken word, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do without him even speaking. And I was to go wash my hands. And so I walked up to this sink and I washed my hands and, and I'm looking at myself in this mirror and, you know, in, in real life, like I had this zit on my lip, like down here in the corner. And I was always messing with it because it's one of those zits that you get like that hurt really bad. And so I knew that I had this zit, you know, and in my vision and I'm looking in this bathroom mirror, I had the exact same zit. I'm, I'm looking at myself with the same zit on my face. I'm like, wow. And I don't know if that was like a confirmation from him. Like, Hey, this is really you. This is really Real. true happening yeah. right now. Like, I don't care. Like this is today happening. And so that was just, I took it as that. And well, so I washed my hands and I knew automatically, like I said, in an unspoken word, what I was to do, I was to go throw away my you know, my paper towel or whatever that I used to dry my hands. And as I'm walking to the corner of the room to throw this paper towel away, I see this, like, it looked like a huge, like, you know, the old school ketchup bottles, like the old glass. That's what it looked like, but it filled up the whole like corner of a room. It was full. It like, it was full of like this sand. It looked like sand to me, like this, like off brown, dirty looking sand. It was filled all the way to the top. And it had a big white sticker on it. And I'll never forget, like the words stuck out, the, the two words that were on it stuck stuck out to me because it was in big black letters and it said clean slate in big black letters. And I threw away my paper towel and God knew that I was going to go look at this. And 
as these visions and dreams started happening to me and I started learning how to interpret what their meanings, because there was some that I had that I just didn't understand. I would lay there and I would be like, okay, God, what am I supposed to get from this? Like, what does this mean? You've got to tell me. And I started learning and just in a voice, like in my head, like I heard God tell me, you have to ask me, you have to pray, Mm. you have to pray. And I will, I will reveal to you, you know, and that's exactly what happened. I just, I just started being able to interpret what these, you know, things meant, meant. And it was God showing me all my sins in a bottle, because in the Bible, it says that once he gives you a clean slate, like all your sins go to, and they're washed away. And if you think about it, it, it was a bottle of sand and he's, you know, when you throw a bottle and what, where does it, what does it do? It washes away and you'll never see it again. And that was him telling me that those were all my dirty, dirty, sandy sins in a bottle and that he was going to give me a clean slate and that I had a clean slate. And it just, that was the most powerful, I think one powerful one for me was because like, I mean, you can't get more powerful that when God lets you know that he's given you a clean slate. What'd you do after that? Well, I, I just when I tell you I was in awe, like I, like, I just, but then there's the devil, like on the other side of my shoulder, like, no, you're imagining things. You've been in a room by yourself for too long. You're hallucinating. You're just, you know what I mean? And so I'm fighting, it was like spiritual warfare. I was fighting with myself, you know, but it it was the devil I was fighting with. So he tries to steal every revelation that we get from God, the moment we get it, he tries to steal it from us, of course. And he's telling me that I'm not good enough. And like, I'm not going to, you know, that there's no way, like, why would he give you a clean slate? Now you've got a whole life to live, you know, and what if you, of course, you're going to mess up and like, well, you know, I started praying and asking God about that. Like, well, if you give me already have given me a clean slate, am I, what if I sin again? I started thinking all these things and doubting and doubting what the message was. And I, and, and then I would like have Jesus on the other shoulder telling me, you don't have to worry about that because every day is a new day. Like you people are going to sin. We're human. But like, if you ask me for forgiveness, I'm going to forgive you. Cause that's what I do. Even if you have, if, even if you mess up and you might, and you will, because you're human. And so I'm just fighting this battle of spiritual warfare, I think the whole time, but you know, I absolutely knew 100% that they were real and that it, that that's how, you know, and sometimes God uses people that you would never even think that he would possibly use like people in prison. And when he says in the Bible that he's with you at your darkest moments, he means it. He is 100% there with you, walking you right through whatever you're going through. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh, mom. I know. I'm sorry. Every time I tell it, I can't help it. It just, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful. But I just, I think it's just because I've, you know, you know, I've not been perfect since I've been out, you know, I've messed up a lot. And so I still like, sometimes when I tell that story, I'm like, am I even worthy enough to say it and still tell it? It's still true. It's still true. I know. I knew that this podcast would be good, not just for telling not just telling the past but remembering what's still true in the present yeah what he's already spoken over your life what he's still speaking into your life I knew that you know you retell your story you remember what he's done before in your life and it strengthens your faith and it reminds you 
of the mountains that he's moved for you in the past in the fact that we serve a God that will do it again. Yeah. Yes. And he, and he, and he will like, and you know, why I was chosen to be, but one of the people that got to see, like, I don't have to have faith because in, in it be an unknown faith, like a lot of people, like, I just happen to be one of the lucky ones. Like, I don't even have to have faith. I just, I've seen it. I've seen it with my yeah. own eyes and oh, I know, you know what I mean? And I just, you know, I look at other people that have to just rely on that unknown, yeah. unknown faith and that I can only imagine how hard that must be. And to, I just feel so, that makes me feel even like, even lower sometimes because I'm like wow you know God chose me to show things to and see things and you know I I know now why he did that he wants me to to, you know to to tell people like is at first I didn't know what to do do I tell people these they're gonna think I'm crazy they're gonna think I'm lying they're gonna think I'm trying to get attention they're gonna think all these things and I did experience all of those things yeah because I did get out and I did like over abundantly like oh I, you guys got to hear what happened and I would tell all these people and there were some that literally like in the book of Matthew it tells you don't throw your pearls to pigs because they will trample on it mm. and when he says pearls he means special things from him like don't throw your pearls to the pigs because they will trample all over it yeah and that's what happened a lot like I told the wrong people and they just they trampled all over all my little pearls to the point where I just quit talking about it. I quit. And, and, but then again, if you, if you read, you know, if you read the Bible and you know, scripture, like the devil's going to fight every little good thing that happens. So that's just something that you have to deal with. Yeah, You just have to have in faith, you know, that the more warfare that you experience, Uh that's what reveals the fact that you have something that much more special that God has that much greater of a purpose the fact that the devil's trying to steal it from you in the first place exactly and that's what I you know like my fiance like he he you know he's he's not as strong in the word and he he dealt with you know the loss of his parents at a very young age and so he's he's been mad at God for a long time a lot of years and you know, I try not to push it down his throat. Like I've told you, you know, you know, I try my hardest not to, but it's so hard sometimes because I just want him to know. And even sometimes I look at him and I'm like, does he believe what I'm saying? Like, does Mm -hmm. he really think I'm, sometimes I wonder is even he thinking I'm making it up, but yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't believe he really is. I think that's just, again, the devil telling me a lie, you know, I ask V that all the time, like, because I'll be telling these these stories of crazy yeah. things I've experienced and yep. like he's very, he's very quiet. And so then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like that's Jason. Jason's quiet too. And he's very, he's not a big talker. And so he'll just look at me like, you know, just like probably v looks at you and yeah, people, you know, us that like to talk and we, we have to hear like what's, you know, we want to hear like what they have to say. And they just don't have any words, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you said, like you just feel so lucky because uh-huh. God revealed you revealed to you you don't have to rely on faith and how hard it would be if if you if you did just have to rely on faith like most yeah. people do like we've been so blessed that we have yes. seen what we've seen and I have no answer for it either like we don't deserve it you know we don't I mean that's how I feel a lot you know but the more God does for us and the more God shows us it's going to get even stronger with the devil. The devil's going to fight even harder to take it away and make you feel that low. And so, 
that's yeah. the only thing that picks me back up is knowing that that's supposed to happen because that's what's going to happen until God destroys him for good. You know, it's never going to go away until then. Mom, do you think that somebody has to hit a rock bottom to come to a true, like deep faith in Jesus? No, I really don't think you have to hit a rock bottom. You just, I mean, I think it's just according to that person. I don't know. How do you, what, what is your take on that? You know, maybe it's like in my family, because I feel like a lot of times, like our perspectives are are shaped by how we grew up and, and what we see. And, and mm-hmm. I really have seen it work that way time and time again, where it is a rock bottom that finally leads somebody to the cross because that's the only place to look for hope. But like you said, it doesn't have to be that. Like there are kids that grew up in the church that stayed strong in that, that have strong faith with Jesus. But you know what? I feel like because we weren't, because like you and I, like we're rebellious. We're, I mean, everybody's a sinner, but we're very rebellious. And I feel like God knew that he had to show us like he comes to everybody differently and mm-hmm. he knows how yep. that person will best receive him. Yes. And so it depends on the relationship. Right. But I feel like for us, like he had to show us what he had to show us so that we would believe. And exactly, yeah. exactly. You well said really, because that's, that's basically what I was trying to say, but not in the words you use. Um, you're, you're, you can tell you're, you're a college educated, educated <laughs> woman. I love it. You do. You just sound wonderful. You speak very well. And I love oh, that about it. I, you do. I, you know, oh, I'm you're so, proud doing of you. so great too. I was literally, I was reading my Bible today about, mm-hmm. um, I think it was Paul and Acts and he's going around and he's a good one too. Timothy worried about it too. Cause he was young and he, he felt like he was going to have a problem too. I just have a hard time sometimes, I guess, with my, my approach, I guess, maybe in speaking altogether, I, I tend to ramble and I don't mean That's, to. It's what so. makes the story powerful. The fact yeah. that, cause I read this side note in, in my Bible today where it said the people knew that he had spent real time with Jesus because he didn't have a theological education. All he yeah. knew, he knew Jesus. He knew how to tell about Jesus because he spent time with Jesus. So you don't have to have that theological background or like all this education, like your experiences with Jesus, that's enough. Exactly. And, you know, and it, it, like the, 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 the remainder of my time in prison as my faith in what was happening got stronger because that you know like I said you know faith can be several I think several things when it has to do with God and it just kept getting stronger because I started believing more that this is absolutely 100% from God because I would even test you know in the in the Bible it tells you sometimes to test the spirits you know yeah. you have to test the spirits and I would I would test them like when I when I would every night and when I would pray and that ball of light would like bounce diagonally across the the room up until and I would like linger my prayer just I would never it would never leave until I said amen Mm -hmm. and so sometimes I would just keep going and it would never leave it just would bounce it would just bounce real lightly and never go but the minute I said amen it would leave Mm -hmm. like it was taking it up to my prayer up to heaven you know and angels all around those feet were were proof they were they were taking your prayers to God Exactly. And so, you know, it was just, 
not only the dreams and visions, but like, you know, I was also like, it was like, I could visualize and see like into the spiritual realm. Just the, the little glimpse he showed me in there, if it's that beautiful, I can only imagine what it looks like in real life. Like when we absolutely get to go to the, the kingdom, like I can only imagine how beautiful it is because just the little glimpse that I got to see was Oh, I just wanted more and more. And it was so pretty. Just the butterflies, the butterflies and the angels in the sky. I don't know if I, I don't, I haven't told you. um, I have, I know I've told you, but I haven't told everyone about, you know, the time I was looking out my window and um, it was like a little bit cloudy out. There wasn't any sun that day. And there was like minimal clouds in the sky and I'm just staring up there. And all of a sudden I start seeing these swooshes like real like swooshes like angel like you can tell and they just started going all across the sky and i just knew they were angels i could see the swooshes hey you guys if you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one i have the ebook for you Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know If He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart, and I know he will do the same for you too. I know that you had, I don't know why this this memory keeps coming up that I want to ask you about because we've talked a lot about... um, like your your heavenly visions and your encounters with God. I don't know if this happened after where you like also saw like very demonic things too. Um, and then there was one story in particular where you told me you relapsed and you started using, uh, I think it was heroin again. And you had this vision from God because you were, you were looking at an old photo album of like the kids and the family and everything. And he told you once again, not like verbally, you didn't hear the words, but like in your head. The unspoken voice, the unspoken voice. Yeah. The unspoken voice. You heard him tell you if you didn't stop, you were going to burn with the rest of the world. Do you think that was God or do you think that was Satan? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know, just because it's just, it's all spiritual warfare, you know, the whole time, you know, things are, you know, like I, like I said, when all the, the good visions and, you know, the things that I know are of God, there's always right there beside it. There's always the devil trying to, to make you believe otherwise. And so I can't honestly 100% say I know, but I just know that Usually when I saw like the dark side of the spiritual realm, it was when I was under the influence Mm. of a drug. And I think that's because I don't, you know, the video that you had me watch about the the Christian man that took the psychedelics and the the experience he had, like his words were like exactly like exactly how what I would think, you know, uh, what I think. Um, the devil coming to God and saying, Hey, he came to us. He ate off our table. Well, that's what I'm, that's what you do when you're taking drugs, you're eating from the devil's table. You know, you're eating his lunch, his buffet, not God's. Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, that's, it goes hand in hand with why I did see like all the, the dark um, entities and what, you know, what not, you know, what I did see, I, I was usually under the influence. Yeah. yeah that so, makes 
Makes sense. Whether it was the devil that that kind of makes me question, you know, I, I lean more kind of towards that because of okay. being on drugs during that. So, right. I didn't think about that until I was asking the question because I was just going to have you tell the story. And then as right. I was saying it, I'm like, that sounds so harsh. And like, God is like, yeah, you know, like Old Testament God, He's like gentle. Jesus is very gentle. And like, and yeah. I don't, I, that's what makes me think, yeah, maybe it was, you know, maybe it was Satan. I don't know. But God is you also know? like, you know, about truth and justice. Uh-huh. He doesn't sugarcoat either. So you no. especially see that in the Old Testament tellings of him. So it yeah. could be him being like straight up, like, hey, if you don't yeah. repent, like exactly. you're going to burn with the rest of them. Or it could have been Satan persecuting you too. So I guess you just, you just don't know. Have you had anything um, like that since? Or like, I know like you, you've gotten clean and you've relapsed and you went back and you've got out. And I'm just curious, like where you are now, like how you would say that you're walking uh, now. Well, yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, um, I told you about what, when my dog got shot, um, about my, you know, my mom, my mom died, you know, it's been a little over two years now. And, um, I told you about a dream that I had about her, um, and my dog appeared like I was walking in a circle with her. I was walking in a group of people. That's what's weird. And this is it'd been probably close to two years after she died. And she was real. She was like her younger self, but not real young, maybe early 20s, uh, mid 20s, something like that. And she still had that Farrah Fawcett hair that she used to wear. And she was all smiley like my mom was a lot. She just and she was talking to me in this dream. And I just remember we were walking in a circle. and. Um, I sat, I ended up uh, stopping and in the midst of our talking, this is, you know, and I just remember I sat Indian style on the, on the ground where, and I was looking at her and I couldn't hear what she was saying at that moment. And in my dream, I still, I, to this day, I cannot make out the words she was telling me, but she was speaking to me. And in my dream, I guess, or my, whatever, like I understood then, like that, that me understood exactly what she was saying. But at that moment in time, I, I couldn't hear exactly what she was saying. And then, um, all of a sudden we start walking again. I start get up and I start walking with her again. And out of nowhere, from the front of the line, like from in front of me, like my dog, my male dog, um, Boomer, he, like turns left, like he's leaving the circle and starts coming back towards me. And he made eye contact with me and he's bobbing his little head and he's walking towards me. And then I woke up and I remember telling Jason uh, the next day and I was like, wow, I said, that was crazy. I said, I had a dream of my mom. I said, and Boomer appeared. I said, I don't know if we were in heaven. I don't know where I was at, but I was walking in a group of people with my mom, but we were going in a circle this has been a few months ago now that this happened, I was been able to interpret what I think the meaning of that was because he even Jason was like, I don't, I don't know. He's like that, you know, that's, I know it was your mom, but I wonder, you know, what that meant. And it just kind of left my mind at that moment in time because it hadn't happened yet. Well, about two weeks later, he, he gets shot and he gets killed. And I was just, it was like, I lost a child. I mean, that was my little baby. Like, I didn't think I was going to come back from that. I was devastated. And 
then all of a sudden it was like maybe either the next night or the night after that, like it was real close to right when it happened. I, it just hit me. I said, I looked at, you know, my fiance, I said, Oh my God, I know exactly what that dream was. That was mom telling me in like in that, she was letting me know that he, in with him appearing up there, you know, wherever I was at talking to her and him being there, that was her way of letting me know that he was home, that he was going to be there with her. And I know that it, several places in the Bible where it speaks of God or speak, God speaks of the animals get to go to heaven too. Like the oh. animals are all going to be there. One of like all the species are going to they, they get to go to heaven too. And that was just like a comfort. And I feel like that was her way. You know, I could just see her going and asking God, God, I've got to, I've got to let her know somehow, some way, you know, cause my mom knew, she knew how fascinated I was about, you know, being able to see and just, you know, just, she knew I would be so excited about like, you know, like a sign like that. And I could just see her going and asking him, like, I've got to show her, I've got to let her know, you know, that it's, that he's going to be okay. And he's going to be here. So I, you know, yeah, I mean, even still today, like I still have little things, you know, things like that, that happened that, you know, you know, the 100% of me believes that it is of God and it's dimmed some because I'm not as, you know, like I was in there, like where I stayed in the Bible constantly nonstop. It's different when you're out on the street in your home and you got more distractions. I'm in school now and I've got a lot of things going on. And so I can't like stay in the Bible 23 out of, hours out of the day like I was before. So my, the light is dimmed some, but yeah, I still think absolutely that. I still have experiences right, right now. Well, there's also, there's also a honeymoon period. It's like, you know, any relationship where you first come into a relationship, you go through the honeymoon yeah. period and Before the novelty wears off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you still just like in a relationship with a spouse, you have to keep finding ways to build that and continue getting to know each other. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I'm noticing that's where I am now too, where in the beginning, it was like so much spiritual warfare was happening. I was seeing so much. God was like, so like, I was just seeing him like fight for me. And there was a lot of novelty and now it's more stable. Now it's more quiet. Now it's spending yeah. more quiet time with him and just the, the commitment and the loyalty of the relationship. The way you said it is you're exactly right. That's a good way of saying it because that just makes me, gives me more comfort now, you know, because yeah. that you're right. Because he wanted, I feel like when he first starts like show, you know, blessing someone in that way, he has to be like, Hey, like a little bit more, yeah, you know, forthcoming with it because he wants you to know like, Hey, it's me, you know, yeah. and this is me and I'm showing you and like, this is what it is. And so you need to believe it. And so, yeah, I think you're right. It's just like any other relationship. It's got to come to a stable point to where, you know, you just, hey, he showed you and, and that's where the faith comes in. Yeah. I think that's where you're, you got to hold on to your faith. Yeah. Now you be loyal. <laughs> exactly. And your loyalty. Yes, you're yeah. right. So the last thing I want to ask you is what your message would be to, you know, you look 20 years back that you that was that was struggling that you before and i don't know how many exactly years but that that you before you knew the hope of jesus who was just you know stuck in addiction you thought that was your whole life like i want to know what your message would be to that person then who's walking in what you've overcame now 
I think that one of the things that comfort me the most is knowing, and this, this is what I would tell someone that was like struggling in addiction, you know, and they're at their lowest point where they just have no hope. I think I would remind them of the fact of why Jesus came to earth and why he be decided to become human because he, God didn't understand what it was like to have a human life. And he, and back in the old Testament, he used to just banish people. Like there was, they didn't have to feel death and they didn't have to go through the, He would just get rid of them. And well, when Jesus came, I think he did that for a very good reason. He wanted to know what it was like to have human emotions and what it was like to, to be human and like how easy it is to fall into temptation. And I would just let him know that, he got to finally experience that and that's why he came. And so that's why he's the closest with people that are like stuck in addiction. Like that's who he came here to save was people like us. And he walked 33 years on this earth, you know, um, at, in a human body and he didn't, he didn't sin, but that, that, that's because it's God. It was God. Jesus is God. I would say, just hold on to that and just know that he, it, he would be right here if he was still like human to this day. He would be hanging out with the people that are going like on the street corners, the prostitutes, the drug addicts. That's who he would be surrounding himself with because we are the ones that he came to save in the first place, the lost ones. Amen. Oh, that's good. I feel that. You do? Good. <laughs> Mom, thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Yeah, that was good for me too. I, I feel it too. Thank you. I needed that. And I just hope everybody else got out of that what we did because, you know, I mean, it's so hard. Sometimes it is hard talking to people that just have never got to experience things like that. And, you know, just knowing I want them to just believe so bad because we know 100% that God's real and that Jesus, you know, came and, you know, to save us. But it's it's, you know, the other believers out there, you know, that are a little bit, you know, weak in faith. That's exactly what I would tell them. And I just hope they get out of it what we did. They will, Mom. Thank you. I love you so much. Awesome. I love you, too. I love you, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs>